Let's turn to Psalm 16. Psalm of David. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land, they're the glorious ones, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. That is the word of God. But we do live in a very stressful world and um, we often get shaken or stressed and Life is hard. I appreciate that. And some days it's harder than others. I, one day I was in, in San Francisco. I was in a house in San Francisco, you know, is on the San Andreas fault line. They're all waiting for an earthquake. And we were in this house and it just started shaking and shaking. The floor shook and the wall shook. And there was crashing and banging. And it went on and on. Fortunately, it was a mock-up. It was in the museum. They were facsimilating uh, an earthquake, uh, what it would be like. But for some of you, the, the shaking, the stress is real. And it may be that this morning. And David's going to give us the answer to this. Um, David knows what it like, it's like to be stressed. He's long for security. He's long for a place of safety. Even as uh, when he, in his prime, as it were, he was chased out the, the court by King Saul and uh, then even his son kicked him out of the house. And so David knows what it's like to be stressed. And he's, uh, he's a professional soldier. And uh, it's no good singing, we shall not be moved. Some days we are well and truly moved. And um, David's looking for a place, not just of physical security, but of emotional security. And, um, you know... You may have had days like that. You know, the phone rings and they, they say, you know, Dad, the marriage is breaking up. It's desperate, you know. Or it may be that you're getting old and you think, how am I going to face the future? Something happens and you think, how on earth, how am I going to face the future? Or the phone rings and the police say, we've picked up your son and, oh, not again, you know. Or maybe you drive away in your nice car from the hospital, but you're not thinking about how good your car is because the consultant has said, your husband will live perhaps, well, six months, and you think, how am I going to cope? Or it may be you're just new in this country and 
And actually, it's not as great as you thought it would be. There is a shake and there is a stress. You think, what was it all about? Or maybe financially, you know, you're not making it. And, the, and then to crown it, they, they ring you up and they says, come into the office. And the boss says, by the way, we're closing your department down. And you think, at my age, <laughs> I'm going to get a job. Well, there are days like that, days like that. And, uh, and we, some, we just feel pursued some days, don't we, by thoughts of stress and trouble and guilt and doubt. And we're just chased by these things. We feel stressed and life can be like that. And we long for a place of security. Well, how are we going to face the future? Well, the politicians certainly don't know anyway. But you don't need to know the future. And that's the great thing. Um, and David says, I found the answer. Let's look. He said, I found the answer. And uh, it doesn't happen by uh, uh, just being uh, in the people of God. The people of, you know, it doesn't just happen by coming to church you know, or even being a member. You have to do something. The children of Israel, they blew it when they left Egypt. They blew it. That whole generation missed the blessing of God. And then even in the time of Judges, they blew it again. And we could go on. It's, it's not a guarantee. You have to do something. And David says, I'm going to show you what to do. And um, anyway, let's look at the psalm. He says, look, keep me safe, you, safe, O God. First of all, he turns to the Lord. You face the Lord. That's it. But then I want to drop down to my favorite verses, verse 8, you know. And he says, this is it. This is it. He says, you know, I don't look at the circumstances. I'm not going to look at the problems. He says, I have set the Lord always before me. That's the secret, he says. I have set the Lord. I've, I've done something. Uh, I, I've determined. It's an act of the will. Uh, irrespective of how I feel. I don't feel that way. You see, you, you have to think as a believer. I talk to people and they talk. You know, you're not even speaking or thinking as a believer. You're thinking like your parents or the world. You have to determine. I will think as a believer. And I will talk as a believer. That's the start. And uh, so David said, I've set my mind. I've set my mind. I'm not going to drift. I'm not going to daydream. I have determined. I have set. Like you would set an alarm clock. You know, you've got to get up at 5.30. So the night before you set it, in the, when you're fairly compassmentous, you set it to go off at 5.30. And sure enough, it does. It does. And David says, I've set. I've set the Lord always before me. Right? I'm going to determine to think as a follower of Jesus. You say, well, I'm not a great thinker. You don't have to be a thinker. Just one thing. You say, well, I, I'm no good at praying. We haven't got to praying yet. Just one thing, right? It's very simple this morning. You'll get it. What he says, I am going to determine to set the knowledge of the Lord in the front of my mind. I'm going to do that. I have set. He speaks to himself. You've got to speak to yourself. And uh, he, re- he reminds himself of the character of God. So let's look at the text. The first thing he says, he says, I have set the Lord. Now in your Bible, look, is it up there? No, can you put it up, text? Now you notice it's capitalized. When it's capitalized in your Bible, it means Yahweh, it's a name. It's not a title, it's his name. 
He reminds himself that this is God. His very name promises, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I am your God. I'm your covenant God. That's how it starts. I set the Lord. He reminds himself that, right? God has made a promise. Keep it. And he says, look, keep me safe, O God. The name God there is El, you know, the mighty one. He reminds himself. You're the mighty one who does mighty things. Now then, let's quickly, and it will be quickly. It is five things he says about, because what's God like? What is God like? It's not some vague thing. First of all, he says, he is my hiding place. Look, he says, keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. You're my shelter. You're my hiding place. You know? That's where I take refuge. This is my address. This is where I'm going to live. I don't just, tr- I don't just move into God on Sunday mornings. No, I'm going to live there. This is where I'm going to live. I choose that. I set the Lord. He's my refuge. Uh, is there any place in life where, where I can feel secure? Well, I'm, you say, well, I, people bank on their intelligence or their native wit or their street cred or their context. No, 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 he says. No, he says, I have set the Lord. Where can I find security, Lord? Money? Well, I could give illustrate on every of these points, but we haven't time. Money? No, I will set my store, my, my intelligence, my career. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, well, um, my family, my marriage, I'll set my, that's where my security is. No, I'm not going to go that way. My contacts, I'm not going to do that. No, no. He says, I have set the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. And the safe, you know. He who, dwells in the sh- he, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide, shall remain in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, <laughs> he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Right? That's it. I'm going to do that. He is my shell. That's where I live. You know, and because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. See, he's saying in the marriage ceremony, the bridegroom stands at the right hand. He is my bridegroom. He is my defender. He is my guide. He is my advocate. He is my strength. He's at my right hand. He is totally committed to every believer. He's at my right hand. Therefore, I will not be shaken, says David. Right? That's what we're about. But then let's quickly move on. Not only is our shelter, he says, I said to the Lord, name, you are my Lord. Title, small case, Adonai. He is like president, prime minister. He is my Lord. He is my king. He is my sovereign. He is my Lord. I, that's, how you, that's how you get security. It's not just an intellectual thing. This is the totality of his being. Each day I wake up and say, you are my Lord. I will obey you. Right? He is El Shaddai, the mighty one. Right? He is my Lord. He is creator of a hundred billion galaxies. Even all the people, Isaiah says, all the people on the earth are like a drop out of a bucket. He brings the ruler, <laughs> he says... He brings princes to naught and makes the rules of this world as nothing. Every ruler in this world will be dead in 50 years. They come to nothing. He brings them to nothing. 
But notice what he says. Notice what he says. He says, you are my Lord. My Lord. My Lord. That's it. You see, we live in a society that's desperate to find its identity. Who am I? Who am I? Well, David says, I'll tell you who I am. I am the Lord's. That's who I am. I'm his child, his chosen one, one of his sheep. See, David doesn't with all this modern nonsense about achieving your dream. No, no, I, you don't get anything by doing that. Well, you can, we won't debate that this morning. No, no, sir. David, David says that's what it's about. My identity is I belong to the Lord. That's who I am. You're right. David, do you have a bucket list? No, I don't have a bucket list. You know, see the pyramids, climb Mount Hermon. No. I have one thing. I will do the will of God. But you must have a dream. You climb every mountain, forge every dream, you know, follow every rainbow till you meet your dream, all that stuff. When you get to the end of that dream, it'll still never fulfill you, my friends. Because you're not wired as human beings that way. You can only be satisfied by the living God. And the wonderful gospel is this. You don't have to achieve your identity. The gospel is this. As Tim Keller said, it is given. Your identity is given, not achieved. You don't have to make it, you know? You don't have to, well, you know, when I... When I get to the top of the tree in my career, people will think of me. I'll, achieve, I'll have an identity then. And when I make it in sport, I'll have an identity. I tell you, when I'm dressed really snazzily, that's, no, that's me. That's my identity. No, it won't satisfy you. Sorry. It won't do it. It won't do it. You know? No, I think the answer is romantic love. If I fall in love... Then somebody will give me an identity and I'll feel great. I just need to fall in love. We live in a stupid culture that believes that stuff. No, no, no. The great answer is get married. Get married, my friends, and all your security problems are resolved, right? (laughs) No, no. It doesn't work. Now, all these things, are fine. your career's fine, academia's fine, travel's fine, sport's fine, marriage, romantic, they're all fine. But they can never satisfy you, my friends. They can never give you the identity you long for. And uh, they won't give you what they want because they can't do it. And uh, you'll find your deepest desires are not met. Um, you know, you climb to the top of the ladder and you'll realize, as someone said, the ladder's leaning against the wrong wall. That's it, isn't it? No, your identity is given. The Lord is my Lord. David, you are my son. You're loved. You're accepted. You're precious. You're mine. That's the gospel. That's the great thing, he says. And uh, you're my Lord. You're not just forgiven. Not even... Counted righteous, you're adopted. You're especially in the eyes of the living God. That's your identity. But we'll quickly move on. Not only is he my shelter and my Lord, he is my joy. Look what he says. He says, He says, Apart from you, I have no good thing. 
he realizes this. Now, some of you have never seen this, and it's a lifetime search. Once you've got the Lord, you have everything. We sang that, didn't we, this just now? Now, a lot of us sing it and don't know what we're talking about, really, because we're not there yet, and it's a, it's a search in one sense. But it's true. the Lord is my shepherd, that's all I need. That's all you need, actually. That's our testimony. Once you've met the living God with all his magnificent glory and love and power and wisdom, and it's all set to you, for you. Paul says, you know, he says, I consider everything as lost compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'm no good unless you're with me. Now, he mentions a couple of spin-offs on this. Look, you'll notice. He says, as for the saints who are in the land, they're the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. <laughs> you know, someone said, I won't name them. He said, I don't like being with Christians. They're boring. I want to say, you've never met any Christians then, my friends. I tell you, if, you know, if you're a visitor, these are the glorious ones. Seriously. All my life. My adult life, I've been with Christians. They're the glorious ones. Whether it's Africa, South America, wherever you live, you go around the world, they're the glorious ones. They're the wonderful ones. They're the ones in whom is all my delight. And all God's people said, and they're not lying either. That's true, you see. I tell you, people say about about Christians, I've never, never met them. You you love being with people who love Jesus like you do. Who've seen something of the glory of God like you do. They're the glorious ones, says David, in whom is all my delight. Now, if you love God, says John, you love his people. Now, they're a bit like your children, really. uh, They don't always act saintly, but uh, (laughs) you wouldn't want to be without them, would you? But then the, the negative side is, look, he says, the sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. See, we're always looking after security and joy. And, and David lived in a culture, Canaanites, and the, the culture was saying, you know, if you follow us, we'll give you better crops. Your cattle have, you know, they'll have a calf every year and you'll have good lambs and kids feed goats and you, your families will be big. Just bow to our gods and you'll, you'll, you'll have it. No, David says the, the converse is true. If you chase after those, your sorrows will increase. Guaranteed, he says. You know, whether it's... Why well, you put your time and energy and, and to work? You know, put everything into it. Everything. Or into sport or into food or travel or Whatever. You put everything into them. Well, my friends, they can't deliver. The sorrows of those will increase, says David, who run after other gods. No, they're not, they don't, well, they're not a god. Well, they become a god because you make them a god. They're your priority. A priority is that which you give time, effort, and money for. And they become too great. They can't deliver what you want them to deliver. And <laughs> you can't do it. I think I, I think I told this story before, but Fred Craddock, one of the American preachers, he tells this story of, um, he goes, he's in with his children one day and they have, they have a greyhound. And he has, this, he has this little sketch he makes up. He talks this dog, you see. And he says to the dog, he says, um, dog, why aren't you racing anymore? Did you stop winning? And the dog says, nope. 
I was still winning. <laughs> That's not why I'm racing anymore. Oh, he says, Fred Crowley says, so you got tired of racing. That's why you, you're not racing anymore. No, no, says the dog. It's not that. Well, says Fred Crowley to the dog, why are you not racing anymore? Well, replied the dog, one day I realized that the rabbit I was chasing was not real. And some days you'll realize that things you are chasing with all your heart, when you catch them, are not the gods. And that's what they, the sorrows of those will increase who run after the gods. That's the word of God, my friends. But not only that, and we must move on quickly. He is not only my shelter and my Lord and King and my joy. He is my provider. Look, you assign my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Let me tell you this, my friends. When you become a Christian, you don't need to win the lottery. You've won the lottery. Amen? That's it. There's nothing better than following Jesus Christ. You've got, there's nothing better. You don't need to watch the balls drop on us whatever Saturday night. You don't need to bother that rubbish. You don't have to do that. You belong to the Lord. You're one with him. <laughs> you know, because you're in his hands. Well, you say, I don't have much. My friends, you may not have much material, so, but if you've got the Lord, you have everything, right? You don't need a lot of material stuff. It just collects dust, right? And other things. No, no. Do you, David says, I've banked my lot on you. You know, you, he is my lot. He is my portion. He is my desire. That's all I need. One of my great heroes, Hudson Taylor, one of the pioneer missionaries in China, he said, you know, before I became a father, I believed that God would never leave me. He said, when I became a father, I, be, I, I believed that God could never leave me. That's right. He's in charge of me. He is my father. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Now I haven't time to unpack all this. Let me just give you another heading. He says, quickly, he says, he is my counselor. I praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. You see, well, I've come this morning, you know, I'm confused, I'm tired, I'm in the dark. Where can I find help? I'm shaking, you know. And I, but it, God is our counselor. Well, I can't see God. It's rather like, you know, the children at night, they scream, they cry at night. and you, Father goes, he doesn't need to put the light on. He just needs to speak a word of comfort. And that's what did. And David says, that's what God does. He comes and he speaks to me. Now, it's very simple, this. In, how does he speak to us? He speaks to us through his word. It's not magic. It's through the word. <laughs> now, if I had time, we could unpack this. You know, in the sense of... It, <laughs> Peter says, taste and see the Lord is good. It's, it, 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 he's reading the Bible at the time. He didn't say, taste and see the Bible is good. No, when the, the Bible is the word of God, it's good. It's like, it's like when Mary Berry, remember in that bake-off, she used to come at the end and she used to say, that's lovely. 
You felt you could actually taste it, couldn't you? And and Peter says the same, taste and see, taste and see the Lord is good. And, and as he comes, as you wait on, even at night and you open the word, he speaks to you. And his word and his counsel are the same thing. I'm time to, you'll have to believe me. But, you know, the, the two are together in scripture, his word and his counsel. He's our counselors. So David says, look, I've come to the conclusion I have set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Now the key word is this, always, right? Always. He's always, that's the key thing, right? Right? (laughs) Always? But I don't feel anything. What shall I do, David? Always. I don't, I feel, yeah, I've come this morning, all the people are praising God, I feel like, well, desperate. Just set the Lord before you. But you say, I've done terrible things, really horrible, sinful, wicked things. And only you know, you've not told anybody else. David was a shocker. He did terrible things. He got somebody murdered. He was adulterous. He lied, he cheated. He wasn't a great father on top of all that. But he learned to find grace. I have set the Lord. And some of you this morning need to know that he's a forgiver of sins. You know, even though your sins be as red as scarlet, they be, shall become as white as snow. You have to do it, but you have to do it. I set the Lord. And every day I, I, we have to do it. We confess our sins. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Every day I set the Lord before. Now, you may be sinless. And if so, could I meet you? Because I've never met anybody like that before. But... Uh, but you say, well, it's a battle, the Christian life. It is a battle. It's a real battle. We're born on a battlefield. You set the Lord. And the captain of the, of, the, of the army never leaves the battlefield. I set the Lord. I set the Lord when temptations come. I'm tempted to look at pornographic things, books I shouldn't read, programs I shouldn't watch, films I shouldn't go to. I'm tempted at work to cheat. I could just be an economic counsel, you know, accountancy and nobody will know. Nobody knows. The temptation's there. And I, I'm tempted to gossip. I'm tempted to tittle-tattle. What do you do? David says, I set the Lord always before me. I set the Lord before me. I, I, I feel the temptation coming. Now, I, I say we could go on and on, couldn't we, you know? But I can't cope. I just can't cope with life. It's really hard. I'm on my own. I can't cope. What do you reckon? David says, I'll tell you what to do. Guess what? I have set the Lord always before me. That's why I do it. When I feel on my own, I just say, Lord, you're with me. In the midst of spiritual battle, I set the Lord. Monday morning, it's Monday tomorrow, isn't it? Usually is. After Sunday, I set the Lord before me. First thing, at night, I set the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all your goodness. But there's one thing, and I must, I promise to stop, don't worry. There's one thing, the real, and the real issue David, even as a professional soldier, faces. I have to say it. I know you're expecting it. It is the B word. No, it's not Brexit. It is burial. That's the real B word that David's worried about, you know? The prophet Nathan says, David, you're going to die and you're going to rot. And David says, is that all there is? Is this life all there is? And then I'm going to go to Sheol and then what? Will I face God? What shall I do? What shall I do? 
I'm going to die, my friends. I'll either finish up at the crematorium or in a grave. I'm going to die. I'm going to rot. Is that it? Will I stand before God because I've broken his law? How will I stand? Is that all there is? Donald Tusk. We've got to quote Donald Tusk. The chairman of the European Commission said that famous sentence. I wonder what special place there is in hell. Well, I wonder what it looks like for those who promise Brexit without a sketch plan of how to carry it out safely. Well, I don't know, I don't know about his politics. Um, I think his theology is deplorable. I hate it when people trifle with serious things. But there is a principle that he establishes which is very valid. When you approach something incredibly big, you have to have an exit policy. You have an exit strategy. Give the guys credit for that. Whether he's right or wrong, you can debate later. David, David has the same, he has this exit strategy. You know, he's not going to, he's going to face death, you know. But the great thing, he has this clear prophecy, doesn't he? That one of his descendants, one of his descendants will come and will live and will die but will be raised from the grave. And sure enough, a thousand years later, one born in the city of David, of the line of David, is born. And he, he's crucified. But he's raised from the dead. For what purpose? And Peter, on that feast of Pentecost, stands up and quotes Psalm 16. And he says, Because... You will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And Peter says, it's all through Jesus. He's fulfilled it all. You see, if you read First Peter, Peter says, the prophets, including David, searched intensely and with greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances which, which the Son of Man... So, which, sorry, which the Spirit of Christ was pointing when he predicted the suffering of Christ and the glories of Christ that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. All he's saying is all this Old Testament stuff is all for you, my friends. It's all for you. They, these prophets didn't even know, actually. David, when he gets this last few verses, didn't even know how it would work out. Peter says, we know. Jesus has come and, and, and has, has died and has been raised. And, uh, and so will everyone who trusts him. That's it. See, Jesus is not just our, our substitute. He dies in our place and bears the wrath of God and the, the guilt of our sin. But it's more than that. He is our representative. A friend of mine worked on the uh, Channel Tunnel with a great army of others. And when it was finished, the tunnel wasn't just for him and the people who workers. No, it's for all the people who would pay their money and drive their car on the shuttle train. So Jesus' death, says Peter, it wasn't just, and resurrection wasn't just for him. It was for you, he says. He has defeated death, the death of death. He's done it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Death says, we've got him. Satan says, we've got him. No, he drew his sword and killed death. He defeated death. He laughed at death. Where, O oh death, is thou your sting? 
Where's your victory, old boasting grave? He defeated death. He's the trailblazer. He's gone ahead. That's what it's about, isn't it? Lives again, our glorious king. Where our death is now, your sting. Once he died, our souls to save. Where's thy victory, or grave? So we now where Christ has led, following our glorious head, our exalted head. Made like him, like him we rise. Ours the cross, the grave, the skies. Paul says, Peter says, it's all for you, my friends. For though you've put your trust, David, David puts his trust in this prophetic word, and so must we. And so it's about, so... He is the trailblazer. But what you have to do is to put your faith in him and in his word. That's what you have to do. Paul says, just as we've been uh, united with Christ in his death, we shall also be united with in his resurrection. It's glorious. He says, well, verse 11, we have time to go for it. He says, you have made known to me the path of light. And you will fill with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. That must be good, my friends. Eternal pleasures at your right hand. Right? Let's get ready for that, my friends. We're not want to get out of this world just to escape it. But we have a hope. Incredible hope. And that's what it's about. So, David. We've got a busy week. What do you think we should do, David? What do you think we should do? David, what would you do? What would you do? David says, I'll tell you what I'd do. I've set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Did you hear that? Let me say it again. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. You have to make Jesus Lord for that. He has to become your hiding place, your Lord, your joy, your provider, your counselor. Just put your trust and then you, you will not be shaken. And all the people of God said, Amen. Amen.